Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League show, episode three, season two. Already, my name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, tonight, we've got a full panel. We've got Alicia, we've got Tasha, and we've got Dana. And guys, another interesting week as we inch closer to our NRLW season. And the listener question that I've got for you this week is, who is your most influential NRLW transfer? Tasha, going to start with you. Yeah, Dan, look, it's a tough one. There's been some really, really prominent ones, but um, I'm going to go with Mimes Taufa. Um, she's come across to the new franchise that are the um, Parramatta Eels. Um, she's been the face or a big face of the Roosters in the past. I think in the Harvey Norman women's competition, she's got incredible uh, leadership skills and influence over the younger players. So I think she'll make a huge difference to what looks very promising for the uh, Parramatta Eels this season. Yeah, sometimes there's just some players out there that you're not envious of having to uh, to tackle them and defend them, and Samoa Tiafa is, uh, is certainly falls into that category. Uh, Dana, what about yourself? I'm going to go with Karina Brown, um, obviously going from the Warriors to the Gold Coast. Um, you know, she's got a lot of experience under her belt. She was part of that photo that went viral that helped, you know, promote LGBT QI within the league and the sport, um, you know, she's got that leadership behind her as well that I think as the Gold Coast come through as a new team, they need that support and that leadership that's going to help them hopefully um, keep that cup in Queensland. I think uh, I think there's just certain players that you sort of build clubs around, you know, in terms of culture and these foundation pieces. And, yeah, the ability for the Titans to sign Karina Brown, that is an outstanding signing. And, um, yeah, all the things that she does off the field. But uh, watch out for her performances on the field as well because she's an absolutely great player. Uh, look, for myself, uh, having a bit of a think about the Sydney Roosters because they have been busy like a lot of clubs and difficult to pick out one player. But I think Isabel Kelly... Um, still remains one of the most predominant uh, players in the game at the moment. Going to bring a lot of bums on seats in terms of fans and exposure for the club. But again, you talk about on-field performances. I think she's in for another big year as, you know, continue to um, build off another big preseason. Uh, Alicia, what about yourself? Um, I'm going back to the Titans and I'm going to go with Ivania Pali. Um, I think I was a little bit worried about the Titans and their back line um, up until Barney signed before Christmas, and now I think that they've got um, a very good side, especially in, in that back line. I'm not sure where Varney will play, whether it will be fullback or in the centres, but she made a massive impact for the Warriors. And, you know, to be able to get her committed to the Titans for 2022 is, uh, is going to be huge. So, yeah, look out for her. Yeah, definitely one to watch. And I think there's, there's a lot of anxious anxiety for a lot of fans out there waiting to see what these 1-17 to uh, team lists are going to look like. And I think that's across the competition. Uh, excitement levels are high here as we, again, wait for this competition Wait for this competition to kick off. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. The Broncos celebrate success once more. New South Wales have won women's state of origin. What a great performance by the Australian Gillaroos. 
champion teams do this. They find space, they find time. Loved watching her play and I think she'll take her game to another level. Yeah, and this week on The Huddle, another special episode as we focus in on one of the newer teams into the competition, and that is the Parramatta Reels. And, you know, you think about what it takes to build a club and some of the players that you're looking to attract and, and, and I guess, build around. Well, I guess one of the important things is to bring in a high-quality player, and we are very, very fortunate to have such player here on Mojo Sports. We welcome, as a special guest, Bovede Welsh uh, to the show. Bo, great to have you on board. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be a part of it. Yeah, let's get straight into it because, again, you talk about excitement levels and we just cannot wait to see uh, the girls run out there uh, in those Parramatta colours. Take us back to the start and and talk to us a little bit about, you know, putting this team together, you know, agreeing to going to Parramatta and I I guess give us a little bit of insight into what early camp is kind of looking like for you guys. Um, So we've entered week two. Unfortunately, I missed out on this last week just gone because I got COVID. But um, week one and even the first day we met, Although it was uh, the vibes are just cool. Like usually, you take a minute, you get through the awkward stage when you first go into a um, a, a new team and stuff like that. But it's so much fun. Honestly, it, we forget that we're at training because we're having that much fun. We're learning heaps, and just the new, fresh um, girls that are coming in. Um, it's just so much fun. It's cool as. Yeah, look, Bo, you you brought up the the COVID thing, so I hope you don't mind. I'm, I'm just going to ask you a few questions around that or just one question if you know if the rat says rona that you've got it is am i right in saying you know if that happens during competition times you could miss up to 10 days which could be two games in such a short competition so can you tell me something about the policies and the protocols that are going on yeah it's pretty hectic at the moment i think uh, most of us are lucky to have had it during preseason because if we are going to get it through throughout the season we're definitely missing one game at least because we're having to isolate and we're missing training so um yeah it's it's a bit scary but now that um, most of us have had it in our team um we're looking a bit safer coming into the rounds once you get it you don't have to test for another six weeks afterwards so that locks you in for six weeks um of playing yeah. at least it's it, it's wild times I, I guess we were all thrown by a, you know a global pandemic popping up but the fact that you know it's going on, moving into its third calendar year makes it uh, even more challenging, especially uh, yeah, everyday life as well as sport. Uh, Bo, talk to us just before we get into the team. Just talk to us a little bit about the competition itself, the NRLW, because you know this year one of the most exciting things about uh, I guess season twenty twenty two is we will have two competitions that will come into play. And you know some of the things that we've been talking um, to other guests about in previous episodes is that. The, the massive benefit this is going to have at the at the grassroots level for, for younger, uh, you know, women sort of picking up the sport. So talk to us a little bit about sort of your reflections on NRLW over the past couple of seasons. It's a frantic sort of competition with, with not a lot of games, but talk to us a little bit about the, the competition holistically, your experiences, and, um, yeah, shed a little bit of light on that. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to be a part of um, the NRLW since it started in 2018 and um, blessed to be able to put on another jersey again this year. But it's been hectic. It went from, you know, a four teams um, who were just grateful to be a part of the you know new system to now we're having six. We've got three new teams coming through. Um, this year we've been lucky enough to play two uh, rounds. So the exposure and, um, yeah, just the exposure that we're going to get over this year is is massive with 
the little exposure that we had in previous years, the numbers of girls registering and playing is like skyrocketing. So I can't imagine how um, massive it's going to grow with the exposure coming this year. And I guess in a lot of sports, you know, you always hear every year, it, it's the old saying of, oh, you know, this year's going to be even tougher and it's going to be more difficult. But that is certainly the case when it comes to NRLW. Is that kind of your expectations coming into the year that, you know, there's more younger players coming through, level of athleticism's picking up professionalism? Yeah, talk to us a little bit about your expectations there because, uh, yeah, the predictions are that, yeah, this is going to be some year of football. Yeah, it's going to be a massive year for for the game in general. But, yeah, the pathways that have been created to get ready for these massive steps um, means that the young girls coming through are much more uh, wiser in the fact that they don't have to stop and, uh, you know, put footy on hold until they're a couple of years older. So the pathways that have um, been created so that these girls can come through is uh, scary for us older ones because, you know, they're nipping at our um, heels uh, real real easily too. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, look, it's good to see and, and definitely lifts the, the quality of the game and competition and competition for spots uh, as well. All right, guys, well, let, let's dig into the roster now. And, and but you, you never know what to expect when new franchises are announced. And I guess, you know, part of this is, um, you know, from the outside looking in, we've all been very anxious to see sort of how the, how the clubs sort of build these rosters. But we, we were only saying previously, I mean, the Parramatta Reels, they are getting a lot of attention already. And they're, they're seen as someone that, you know, they're not just going to sort of dip their toe in and participate. This is a club that, you know, is going to go in there and give this a, a good shake. Again, is that kind of, you know, it's still early days, but is that kind of the, the talk in and amongst the group that, you know, you guys are going in there and uh, giving it everything you've got? Yeah, definitely. I think we're all very grateful to that Parramatta have put their hand up and we can stay out west and, you know, represent the western suburbs um, and all the talent that comes from out here. But I... um Definitely, I think don't think you ever sign to a team and just want to be a part of it. I think you always want to make your, you know, stamp your mark and um, make it known that you're here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, let's jump through to some position groups. Uh, one in which you you know probably uh, a little too well, and that is the outside backs. Talk to us a little bit about some of the talent there uh, for the Parramatta Reels. Um, you know, these are a lot of the players that obviously going to be hopefully scoring uh, quite a few points for you guys this year. But talk to us uh, through this group. Um, a lot of speed, a lot of talent um, within this group. Yeah, our, our outside backs are pretty pretty mean actually. Um, we've got Rakia who's um, who's back in the. In our LW, she's she's just so strong, so powerful, so quick. Tiana Pinatani, another lightning bolt. Um, and we also got a few young girls that will be making their you know debut for NRLW um, hopefully this year. And that's um, Abby Church. She's mean as she's like at the front of everything. And you get into fitness, she's up there. She's only a small body, but she's so powerful and so strong in the gym too. So. Um, she's a bit scary. Um, and we also got Tyna, who played uh, fullback out um, for Mounties last, last year. Yep. And, um, yeah, she had a really, really good year. So it's a bit scary all, all across the park there. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're names that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of new listeners, a lot of new fans to the competition and certainly to the club, but, uh, there are some big names there, a lot, a lot of talent. And you speak even of, of Tana, we, Obviously followed uh, her progress last season and statistically uh, definitely had herself a season. So that's, uh, that's definitely good preparation uh, coming, into, coming into NRLW. All right, now talk to us a little bit about some of the generals. Uh, obviously, you know, we've got to try and organise this group. Uh, talk to us about some of the playmakers you've got in the team and, uh, yeah, the, I, I guess a key part of the spine here for Parramatta. Um, so, ooh, how half. So we've got Maddie Studden who's going to, 
you know, she's the brains and has played for the last um, few years as well. So she's going to bring a lot of experience. But we've just got some young girls, Emily Curtis and Seda, who just bring so much flair and, you know, flavour. They're young. Um, this going to be their first year, but they're, like, all for the opportunity. They're already at training, um, you know, ordering us around and telling us where they need us and stuff like that. So the confidence that are coming through with those girls is is crazy. Hey, Bo, I heard those Fijian girls are pretty crazy. Have you come across it yet? Yeah. See, there's <laughs> me. They're, they're, you know, they're young, but they're just, they're just really good. <laughs> I don't even know what a cooler word is to describe how, like, confident and, you know, skillful they are. They're just mean. So, Bo, can you give us a, a little bit of a heads up? Um, obviously, Maddie Sutton's quite an established number seven. I know um, Emily is is um, quite a great number seven up and coming. But who do you see as um, partnering, if it is Maddie, and I think it will be, who do you see as the number six? Can you give us a hint? I don't actually know just yet. At training, it's, it's pretty... Um... It's pretty even, like they're, they're young, but they're competing. And, and that's probably what makes it a good team is that everyone's competing for spots. Like, oh, I'm struggling to, you know, stay out the back for every set and, and um, the younger really dominating. So it'll be interesting to see um, how Dino that pick, actually. It's a great problem to have. Yeah, exactly. Let's yeah, look, you mentioned, you know, all the the hard, the playmakers that are coming through. And obviously the latest signing that's been going around is Nita coming and joining Parramatta from the Roosters. Obviously you're, she's one of your teammates from the All-Stars. So how do you think she's going to gel with the rest of the girls in the squad? Yeah, good. I think, um, so she is originally from out west as well. Um, we've all played rugby together, me, her and mine. So to be able to represent the western suburbs again with another um Westy is really, really good. She's uh, very dominant. So her and our new young halves uh, are working really, really well. You'd think that they'd buckle and just listen to her, but they're kind of standing up to her. And she's a, she's a big voice. She's a little person, but she's got some lungs. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's great. And let's talk a little bit about um, your coach as well in, in Dean Witters, because not to put any pressure on you, Bo, or any pressure on the club, but you mentioned Western Sydney. And look, the reality is, is there's just so much attention on your club. And I guess so many people just wanting you guys to be successful because we just know that, you know, if this team can perform over the next couple of years, what that's going to mean for the sport uh, in, in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, Australia, and globally, just because of all, all of the talent there. But talk to us about the guy in charge, Dean Witters, obviously very well-renowned in rugby league, has an amazing CV himself as a player. Um, and, yeah, he just seems to have flowed through as a coach. It's been a natural progression for him. But, yeah, talk to us a little bit. Give us a little bit of a behind-the-scenes on Dean. Yeah, he's cool as a eh? um, he um, uh, he really prides himself on culture and not just his Aboriginal culture, but just the culture of the team. And I think um, to earn respect from from your uh, teammates or from the girls is definitely putting our culture first. And I think he's like done an awesome job at that. Um, he even gets involved in our con sessions too. So while we're all dying, he's running next to us and. If you're going to let an old fella like him beat you, then you're really, really <laughs> not looking in good shape. So, um, yeah, I have massive respect for him. His morals, I think, is what a lot of us girls um, stand for as well. So, yeah, I'll follow him into battle anytime. So, like, Dean Witters is just 
fabulous in the, in the women's game. Um, and I know he's got a lot to do and he's very strong with the Indigenous culture. I had a fair bit to do with him with the, with the Rabbitohs um, in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. But he's got a lot to do, well, a big role in the Indigenous All-Stars. And um, last year you were a co-captain of his opposition in the um, in the Maori team. So um, do you see that sort of, how do you see that playing out? It's only a few weeks before you hope to start as fullback and you might be crushing the uh, his Indigenous All-Stars. So tell me how you think that's going to play out. Um, yeah, I'm just glad he's allowing us to play. Uh, obviously it's two weeks before our NRRW season kicks off, so um, for him to even just let us girls go on and represent our culture, I think it's massive. I think we have a lot of respect for the Indigenous um, community and even the Indigenous All-Star team. But, um, yeah, definitely we're out there looking to smoke them. It just gets more and more exciting, doesn't it, when it comes to Women's Rugby League. There is just so much to look forward to in one of the most jam-packed games. I mean, obviously, it's going to be challenging on our athletes, but um, selfishly as fans, we're definitely going to be there following you every step of the way. It's going to be very, very exciting. Now, speaking of Dean, I'm sure he's got a few pointers for the next group of players that we're going to talk about, and that is the engine room. Typically, they don't get as much love as a lot of the flashy playmakers, but here at Mojo, we try and give them a lot of the, lot of the spark, but... You know, when you talk about the Parramatta Reels, again, you guys have built a formidable forward pack. There is a lot of talent here. Talk to us a little bit about this group and obviously Dean working with the forward pack. Yeah, obviously our forward pack are pretty massive and um, very, very big impact um, players. Um, but they're like, they're like, when you have a look at our concessions, you'll see that they are just as mobile and just as fast and fit as some of our backs. So, um, they are the big girls that are our engine room, but they're really, really talented um, middles as well. Um, we've got Minna, um, who's pretty much a young mimer. Um, and we also have Minna's little sister, Fehi, who's, like, oh, she's a machine already. So um, for her to get her first crack in the NRW this year is going to be exciting to see the sisters um, kill it on the field together. And I'm glad that she's over with us as well. Yeah, not to pick favourites because uh, I, I know it's I know it's too difficult, but I guess talk talk to the listeners a little bit about, you know, what, what wins at the NRLW level? Because, again, some of the things that we've spoken about is you can't really drop too many games in this competition, you know, because it is so short. So just that pressure, um, you know, being in almost like a tournament style, your opinion, you know, what, what does it sort of take to win an NRLW competition? How, how do you sort of see your team be successful? What's the what's the keys to success in the, in this type of format? I reckon it's just the composure, the experienced players, because it's, um, it's a pretty big stage for us girls to be playing on. We get got big crowds, you know, TV games and all that kind of stuff that some of our girls aren't really used to. So the composure and the people who can guide us around the park is really where it's going to um, make a team successful. So, yeah, our halves and our um, hookers are going to really, really step up and that's where you'll win it, I reckon. Yeah, Bo, and we're talking about the forwards. Now, we know the halves, um, Maddie Studden got a lot of experience. Um, I believe that the Eels have an incredible, uh, well-experienced and very talented fullback that they can run out there in yourself. Um, but who, who are going to be the leaders in that engine room? Who are the, the young ones? You talked about the Hanisi girls. Who, who are they going to be looking to? Maima. Maima leads um, from the front. She leads by action. She's someone that everyone looks to, whether you're a forward or a back. She's just a, an amazing leader. And um, sh- her qualities as a player as well as a person are rubbing off on the young girls. So 
um, yeah, I think we all look to Maima um, just for her. I think when you have someone who leads by actions, I think you're in awe always. So to look at someone like her, um, yeah, she's going to yeah, definitely lead us around the park quite easily. Yeah, cannot wait to cannot wait to watch it. And but let's just talk quickly a little bit about um, you know your own sort of preparation to the obviously not ideal um, you know getting COVID. Uh, best wishes in your recovery there. Hopefully you're you're feeling better. But um, talk to us about how you're feeling coming in the season. You know just just some general goals that you're sort of looking at. I mean it's well, you've achieved so much in the game, but I, I just. I look here, you're still so young. You've still got so much more football left ahead of you. Um, yeah, talk to us about, you know, sort of your headspace coming into 2022. Um, I'm excited. Usually um, we're pretty worn out by the time NRLW comes around. So to have a bit of a break and, um, you know, get myself ready. Obviously COVID was really rubbish for a lot of people, but for me it kind of uh, woke me up to, you know, that was the only reason I could get out of the house was to go and train by myself. So that was kind of a motivator to get my body right, get my mind right. And, you know, life's pretty hectic and, you know, you can't really plan for too much these days, but NRLW and being fit and focused was one of the massive things I wanted to go into um, for NRLW this year. So hopefully I'm there. Now, Bo, I heard, I did hear a rumour that you carry a bag of salt with you these days. Is that true? And how are we going to protect your hammies this year? I really hope they do, the salt does protect my hammies. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to go through an NRLW season without getting injured in the first week. But, yeah, no matter how much salt I eat, it's, I'm, my muscles are still not there. Yeah, look, Bo, I'm, I've just got to say something there with, um, you're, you're eating the salt, but I played um, alongside a fabulous player um, in Karen Murphy, and um, we were roomed together um, as co-captains in the World Cup, and I nicknamed her Spud because she always had trouble with her quads and hammies as well, and she literally, she probably won't know, she probably hate me saying this, but she used to wrap potato skins around her um, <laughs> And they stank like by halfway through the night. So, look, good luck with it. Whatever ritual you, you're using, I hope you remain totally uninjured. I'll leave potatoes in the kitchen, but if salt hurts. <laughs> I can't possibly be a thing, but I mean, I guess whatever floats your boat. Yeah, well, you like you mentioned uh, the break in the COVID and how that could affect, you know, the season. But obviously this year we've got two seasons um, and in between those two there is the women's state of origin. So regarding going back to breaks between the seasons, how do you think having, you know, players in the origin squad is going to affect that second season to come later in the year? Um, Hopefully everyone's been working hard. Um, Obviously when you train your body and you get it right, you should be able to last a year. Um, So I'm just hoping that everyone's been training as hard as um, as you'd like just so that we can stay injury-free. But there's plenty of young talent coming through um, the ranks these days that you're never going to have a player missing that another player can't step into their shoes and, you know, make it make themselves known. 
Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Uh, I, I think, you know, and it's something we've spoken about a lot, the key to depth and, you know, balancing workloads and things like that. So it's really interesting to keep a, for all the listeners out there, keep a very close eye on the entire roster in the NRLW competition uh, because there'll be um, a lot of players getting a lot of minutes and um, sort of mixing it up to balance that workload, that's for sure. All right, guys, the toughest part of this one, let's do our predictions. Uh, Alicia, I'm going to go to you to start with. Um, again, brand new franchise, brand new club. How do they perform in their first uh, competition? Uh, I'm going to go semi-finalists. Uh, unfortunately, just falling short of the grand final. Yeah, I, I think there'd be a lot of people out there that uh, you know might take that at the very, very start. But uh, no, that's very, very good. Look, for, for people that are following along, it is so difficult to put these teams in order. Um, and uh, I think I've... I've People have been poking fun at me for picking teams coming forth every single week, but uh, look, that that's just naturally, um, you know, sort of what I'm thinking as well. When when you sort of look at a team with this much talent, this much speed, I just when I look at this roster, um, I think of offensive football. I think of a lot, a lot of points. Um, and again, we spoke just just briefly a little bit about depth. So um, yeah, this this team is certainly going to cause some damage there. So I, I see them sort of finishing in around that fourth on the ladder. Uh, Dana, what's your thoughts? Nice. See, I think you guys are both underestimating this squad. So like Bo said, you know, they've got the talent that's been there like a self since 2018, since the start of NRLW. Um, But with all the kids that are coming through and all the young guns that haven't had that gap in skills because of ages, because there is now those pathways for young girls to go through NRL, I reckon they'll give, you know, those established teams a bit of a run for their money. I'm going up in the granny I reckon they might not win it, they might not take it home, but I'm I've got good good odds that they'll they'll at least make it or at least give a pretty good fight to get there. Okay, so now yeah, well now the Parramatta fans are starting to like that a little bit more. We are sort of getting getting to where they, they sort of need to be. Um Tash thoughts on this one. I get this is really, really tricky, isn't it? Brand new team, brand new team to the competition, but you know, there's some familiar faces within this group in terms of their experience in rugby league, their talent. Um good luck, my friend. What's your thoughts? Yeah, look, Dan, the only reason I don't have them in the in the grand final is simply because they are a new franchise. But I think they're going to jump up and they I've got them, you know, about third position simply because Parramatta is such a great nursery. Uh, Dean Witters can get that culture and that group going. They've got great players like um, Bo, you know, for them to look up to. I just don't think they're going to do it in their first season. They're not going to make the grand final in the first season, but I've got them way up there in in, in third position. Just quickly, I want to ask Bo, because she has a bit of experience in, I guess, you know, starting at a new club. Like what what's it like to from start from the ground up? Like it is a bit tricky to come together so fast, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit tricky, but I think um, if the girls wanted enough, I think we've got a good culture and a good vibe in the in the club. So hopefully that's enough to, as well as talent, obviously, um, yeah. and we can, uh, you know, go to the grand final at least. <laughs> All right, guys, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're 
Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we've got another interesting question for you guys, and that is, who will be this season's NRLW breakout star? Now, this is a really difficult one because I'm sure there's going to be there's going to be plenty. Um, Tasha, I'm going to throw this this one straight at you. Uh, I know you've got a massive list there. Um, I'd love to see how you sort of narrowed this down, but uh, you can only pick one. What's your thoughts? Yeah, Dan, you're right. I've got a massive massive list, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but I've taken heedance here. If you can uh, remember uh, Ali Brigginshaw, uh, not so long ago, started talking about a breakout star and, and started saying, just wait until you see this girl um, play. And that girl was Tamika Upton. And holy snap, look how that turned out. Well, recently, uh, Ali Brigginshaw has mentioned uh, a couple of breakout players that she thinks will um, come through with the Broncos. And I'm going to go with um, Sarah Saltier. Now, phenomenal background story with, with um, this. She's a second rower. She played in the under-19 state of origin. She scored a try. Um, she played, she actually travelled down to New South Wales um, to play in the uh, Taj Gale Cup for the Bulldogs. She got Player of the Year. She's then travelled back up north. She loves her football that much that she then went back up north and, and played for the Brisbane Panthers. Um, she's phenomenal. She's hard. She's She knows the lines to run. She brushes them off in tackles. So, yeah, Sarah Saltia for me. Yeah, I love that. And I love sharing uh, those individual stories as well because it's just so different. You know, there's a lot of players who are not just driving 30 minutes to training and, and, and putting in a shift and coming home. There are so many players that are playing in different countries, across different states, managed a couple of pandemics in between. It's been unbelievable and we can't wait here at Mojo Sports to get more of those stories out there to show some of the adversity so that when you see them hit that football field come round one, you know you know what it means to some of these players. It's, um, yeah, cannot wait, cannot wait. All right, Alicia, uh, again, same challenge to you. You can only pick one. Uh, give us a breakout star. Yeah, it's pretty hard because um, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, but nearly 50% of the competition this year is uh, is players that have never made their debut. So we're going to see plenty of young girls out there who finally get their opportunity. Um, I've just picked one, staying on topic with the Titans, uh, Lauren Dam. So she uh, is a country girl from New South Wales, um, an army medic by trade. She's moved up to Brisbane uh, the last couple of years been playing footy up there um, and has been picked up by the Titans. Now, she played for the ADF uh, at the National Championships last year. She was judged the fittest athlete at that carnival, so they did a bit of pre-testing before the tournament. Um, and, yeah, she come through the fittest. So you remember, like, Julia Robinson in 2018. My God. Um, it's a very, a very similar path there. Like, um, yeah, she's an outside back Um very fit, very strong, and I think if she can get a jag spot in that Titans back line, um, you know, she could potentially go from national championships to NRLW to possibly rep honours. So, yeah, look out for her. Yeah, there's so many different pathways into the NRLW, and uh, she's certainly stacking up some credentials there, so certainly a play to watch. Uh, Dana, what about yourself? I'm going for young gun Paige McGregor. So, you know, she's going to St. George, um, but as a younger sibling to someone who has already excelled so much in the NRLW, um, 
I can relate to that. You know, I am a younger sibling of a younger sister. So you're always compared to your older sister when there's two of you. So, you know, she's got a bit of a bone to pick with Ray being there. Um, but, you know, she's a young gun in herself. She's got the speed. She's got the ability to learn and grow. And she's going to learn so much being at St. George. Um, and I think that she's that, you know, having that older sister in the competition is going to help motivate her and help drive her and kind of push her a bit more so she can be the best she can be because she is competing that little extra competition within the competition. Yeah. What a cool, what a cool story. You know, you think about, you know, some of the motivations and, you know, you wanting to compete against your peers uh, within the same family, that that's definitely uh, a bit of added motivation there. Look for myself uh, again, this is something else I get a little bit of criticism, criticism of, but I cannot help uh, promote my Newcastle, my mighty Newcastle Knights and uh, young five, eight autumn rain, Stevens daily, uh, definitely a player that I know a lot of people are really excited about, obviously, um, you know, so much talent uh, just appears to have the ability to, you know, slow down the game, has has all of the, the necessary skills. Now it's time to just put it in action. And, uh, you know, that's what all Newcastle Knights fans are waiting for. We're waiting for this team to, to get out on the park. And to be honest, you know, I, I think there's I think there's a lot of people who are thinking that, you know, Newcastle would potentially struggle, but we've slowly seen more and more signatures, more and more players arrive at the club. And, Suddenly you, you look at this Newcastle Knights team and uh, they're definitely looking competitive. So exciting times here in the Hunter. Um, Bo, lucky last. Um, again, you've got a lot of experience in this space. You've seen a lot of young players coming through. Not to say you're not a young player as well, but uh, talk to us about some of the rising stars coming through. And again, difficult question, but you can only pick one. Uh, yeah, we've got a few young guns coming through, but I would say Emily Curtin, she's in a very important position and um, she's only young, but she's got a um, bloody head on her that um, she can just control and see things that are, you know, beyond her years. And so I think she's going to, um, you know, shine this year and, and rightly so. She's come through with the Tigers with me and I'm, I'm really stoked to see her get her opportunity in NRLW. Hey, Bo, and what about her kicking game? Oh, it's it's crazy. She, I can't get that many flukes in, in one go. That many seasons. Very, she kicks very crafty a, player. Yeah, she kicks it and it goes exactly where she wants it every single time. Yeah, that's right. I, I think we all might have one random accidental kick, but uh, her ability to do it consistently and, um, again, just creative, crafty, and the ability to sort of make something out of nothing like another player that we know pretty well by looking at you. So, uh, no, look, Parramatta fans, very, very excited about the year ahead. It's going to be very, very interesting. Again, two competitions to look forward to as well, um, a stacked roster, a stacked squad, and um, all signs are looking towards a successful campaign. Very much looking forward to it. All right, Bo, look, that's all the time we have tonight, but we just wanted to thank you for coming on the show. We really do appreciate you taking away um, some time to jump on the show and um, you know promote the team, talk to us a little bit about what's happening out there in Western Sydney. But um, again, the key word is excitement. Everyone's buzzing, looking forward to the NRLW season. And um, on behalf of everyone here at Mojo Sports and all of your fans, just want to wish you all the very, very best for the upcoming campaign. Oh, thank you. Thanks for everything you're doing behind the um, scenes for the women's game, not just in footy, but in women's um, sport in general too. I really, really do appreciate that. And uh, to, our, to our panel members, uh, again, thank you for tonight. Always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next time, we'll see you then. We won't hesitate to break down the guard.
You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.